This is Space Waffles, a Star Wars podcast. Welcome to Andor the Relentless, where we relentlessly talk about all things Andor. I'm not Arzu, but she's not feeling well right now, so I'm Candace, and I'm taking over, so we're just going to be talking about how Rebels relates to Andor today. I'm uh, down. <laughs> Look, I'm really down. I was thinking, I'm like, what would I do if I took over? No. Oh. Anyway, I'm oh, Candace. No, and- my connection, it's breaking up. <laughs> With me today is Maggie. Hello there. Norhal. Hello there. And our special guest, Rachel. Hey, Rachel. Hello there. Okay, so we are talking about episode nine, Nobody's Listening. And okay, overall feelings. I see Norhal already freaking out. It was a lot. Yes. Incredible. Not knowing how I feel about feeling all this tension during my lunch break on Wednesdays. I watch it at like 6.30 in the morning before I go to work. And this show is a lot at 6.30 in the morning. Yeah, I can't imagine watching it like at 3 a.m. Like some people do. So let's break it up by arcs. And I think we, we have to just go straight to Cassian and Kino. And homeboy not could have a good time. No, what can you really expect? He's. He's in prison and he says nobody's listening. Which is an immediate callback to the end of Rogue One. Thank you very much. Yes. And now just hurting us all over. Did did anybody else just like feel like they got their emotions scooped out with a melon baller? It's fine. We're all fine. Yeah. Yeah. Cassian is still working on the assembly line. And... You Ulof. Is that how you say his name? Ulof? Yeah. Ulof. Sounds like Olaf. Olaf. I wasn't gonna go there, but I'm glad <laughs> somebody did. But the older man in their like little group. Yeah. He enters his hand and Andor like comes up with an idea because he's a smart boy, even though he's a dumb sometimes. But yeah, and he's naturally taken over like this team leader position. He's a I natural like- leader. Yeah. I also love that he shows so much compassion to Olaf and it feels mm-hmm. really like it's probably born out of how he has interacted with his mother, with Marva. Mm-hmm. And like he naturally, I don't know, I'm the kind of person that like I tend to gravitate towards older people because I have a good relationship with my mother. So I found myself always like caring for people like the older people in a group. And I wonder if there's some of that like psychology for Cassian as well because he has been in such a good environment a good home life that he gravitates towards being a helper to those kinds of people he's also just a good man even though he does some bad things sometimes (laughs) but it's really more of him just being placed in these really bad situations and just having to survive what you do to survive yeah you do what you need to do yeah so the scene that was very nerve-wracking was when they were all lining up for me and they're looking over at another group of people and they're like, what's going on with group two? Level two, yeah. Level two, yeah. And it just, the tension, feelings. This show is really tense. I've never been this stressed out by television. It's also because these episodes, like, they're all fairly long most of them are in the 45 to 50 minute range yeah that's right and we just have so much more time for the tension to build than we normally would so you're sitting in that place for so much longer than you normally would yeah and i'm pretty sure we're going to talk about it but with the other arcs but i enjoyed how 
we keep up with the other storylines the, in the same episode, but they are really neatly it, edited. Oh, exactly, like positioned between each other. So it feels natural, the progression between we're seeing Deidre with Bix and then we move towards Cassian and Arkina 5 and then we move to One Mothma. So it's fluid. it flows really well. Yeah, it and- gets you in the same tension. Okay, you know what? I'm going to make it slightly about Clone Wars. I don't know if I brought this up again. But <laughs> it just, it looks, the prison looks like Camino to me. All white yes. and those tubes. And honestly, and in the, the trailer. Water. The yeah, guy reminded I... me of, what's the guy's name, 99? Oh, Aww. yeah, Clone. Oh, yeah, um, the Clone 99. And so they hear this rumor that everybody on level two was electrocuted to death. Right. Because someone was making trouble. And the trouble was that someone who they thought was let go to go back home was actually just put back into the system. Which I, I know Maggie mentioned in her, in, in, you mentioned in your review that it's a mistake. But it makes you think, okay, were they just shipping people to another like prison and then accidentally put it back to this one? <laughs> yeah, that's, I think that's what's happening. Oh, is man. that they're... Um... They're either moving from them to different floors and hoping they don't talk because they're afraid of everybody. Because yeah. the whole concept of the Panopticon fearing that you're being watched and listened to at all times. They're assuming that's going to keep working and somebody clearly made the mistake of transferring somebody onto a floor they've already been on. Or maybe it was a floor that was close enough that they knew yeah. him from before or something because they can see each other, right? The medic guy. Oh, the medic was. What does he say it, exactly? The medic says that they've transferred somebody back onto the floor they had just come off of. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that just, it made them yeah. realize there is no hope because that's all yes. they have going is looking at that calendar and being like, okay, I have this many days left. It's only keeping them going. Yeah. And it's like such a uh, opening, eye opening moment for Kino because you see that he's reluctant. That, Cassian from the at this point he's even starting with this schemes with people with the guy around with the other guy with like, the new guy yeah the new guy noticing things Whoa. like yeah and start he's starting uh moving towards traveling but Kino is resistant he's reluctant yeah because he only has like 200 and something days left yeah so he's, he's, he's so close to getting out he doesn't want to mess this up at all he might have like a family to go back to or just freedom in general and you understand he doesn't want to make waves yeah he's just like okay i'm gonna stick to my job i'm gonna stick to do things as they should be done to get out of here but then he realizes there's no way out of here so it's amazing he's reluctant to tell cassian how many guards and immediately like no more than 12. oh the way andy circus said that Wow. With his, like, walk and talk. He's so good. Oh, it was, like, that line reading. Just He's, like, no more than, oh, it's so good. It's so good. It just, Diego and Andy are, like, so amazing. And we're, like, so lucky to get these two working together, you know? Yes. And Twitter went nuts over, it's such a simple line. It doesn't call back to anything. It's not even, like, a big wham line. But it's just uh, the amount of with all the context we have of what that means for the character yeah the turn for him the conviction in his voice that he's like because 
the medic tells him, like you guys were saying, that they just get cycled through. That's continuing mm-hmm. as a cycle. There's no way out. I and just after- to- yeah. Yeah, go for it. No, I, was, I was just going to say, I just have to tease that if that line that Andy Circus delivers hit you this week, just wait until next week. Oh, He's so I can't good. do way. Next week, yeah. I just, I cannot wait to talk about next week. Like, I have been dying now for three weeks to talk about this. Yeah. So, Yulof, um, he has a stroke. And they're like, oh. get it, get us a medic. And literally all they can do for him is, like, humanely, like, let him go. Yeah. That was the darkest thing in Star Wars, I think. Like, they one of the put darkest him down things. Like a dog. There's something else very dark that we'll talk about soon too well, I mean, in this there's, episode. There's humane euthanasia for humans as well. Yeah, but knowing yeah. what they have medical, medically wise in this galaxy, do they though? Because Padme ta- died in childbirth. Padme. Okay, no, but. We've been through this, Maggie. We have a whole video about this. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, their technology is not as great as we would hope. They have just some throw them in a back to take. It probably is fine. Yeah, Dark ball. Dark, Dark ball. No, but he had the Sith. He, he had yeah. like this. He had a lot of anger issues, and he's had the dark side. I don't think you love had the Force. No. <laughs> Look, if anger was able to like keep you healthy, I would be immortal. Just saying. But yeah, so. It was just like this very like hopeless feeling overall. Yeah. Oh yeah, but like, like that one line of Andy saying no more than twelve. So, so, like that as fire as, lit. Because even Maggie. if like Maggie it wants is... to say something so badly, no. <laughs> but I'm excited. We'll have more Andy in the next episode. Yeah, just like even if it was humane to let him go and everything like that and everything, it's like you didn't want him to die there among strangers he had only 40 some days yeah 40 days, days left shifts. Hmm. it was a lot at 6 yeah. and especially and- with the medic saying like no a hey, brother and no his name is left i don't want to know yeah. Like, yeah. yeah can you imagine being a medic being a doctor there's only so little you can do because that's all the empire is going to let you do and he's not even just, he's a prisoner too. You notice yeah. he's in prison garb. So it's yeah. like he's, he's a doctor who's been in prison for who knows what. And they're using his skill. And they're giving him minimum, like you saw his bag. It's not, doesn't have that much stuff in it. It has the shot to let him go. <laughs> maybe and a few it. other yeah. things, maybe a band-aid. I don't know. But like, has, Have any of you seen Alien 3? Like that nobody's know. ever seen. Okay. Nobody else ever seen Alien 3. You should watch Alien 3. It's actually good. But there's that same thing about somebody bonds to a doctor that was a prisoner bonds to the people in the prison and stays after his sentence is over. And then the alien shows up. And Of course. The aliens gotta show up. Okay, so we're going from one dark thing to another. On Ferrix. Oh. Bix gets a new form of torture. That is like the doctor. Did the doctor creep everyone else out too? Oh, yeah. Doctor Gorse, yeah. Oh my god. Gorse. Yeah, he was way too excited about that. I know. He so says that there was an a group of aliens that they were trying to like colonize, and they were like, "Oh, they were being too difficult" or something very nonchalant like that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Well, we found that their screams like freaked out like 
not just their people. screams, the screams of the children. Yeah, the, the he children, says, yeah. I think this is a, we think these are children. And it's just where these Imperials are that they're like not being like, okay, we're using screams of children that we killed. Nobody's like, red flag. It's the same point they were in in Mandalorian where the point they had the baby handcuffs should probably have told you that you're not on the right side. I agree. And in Obi-Wan Kenobi, when they're about to torture like a nine-year-old, a, yes. a ten-year-old Leia. The red flags. The red, we could make a scarf out of the red flags. I know, but it's, yeah. it's interesting to think how many somersaults and jumps those people can do to justify that. Yeah. That's, but that's the doctor crazy. seemed to be enjoying himself. Oh, honestly. yeah. He's like, yeah, oh, no. it is what yeah, it is. No. We do this. So she tries really hard to, like, get through it. But, like, her acting, mwah, chef kisses, all, like, all these actors. Because we don't hear what she's hearing. We just see her face. Yeah. I heard a rumor that they had something for that. But it was way too much. And they cut it because it was so freaky. And I'm like, good. I didn't need to. I'm happier but it's I, even scarier. It's even scarier because not you're... know. Like, not know. Just see her expression. Yeah. Like, I'm on the autism spectrum, so already sounds are, like, rough for me. So the idea of being tortured with noise like that, it's just, no, don't like it at all. Yes. Brings us to Deidre. And yeah, she is ruthless. She is just very ruthless. And it was one of those points that we were we've been discussing okay we have these people working for the empire and some of them is because oh they think it's the right thing to do or is what the galaxy needs but we see that at one point they they like totally morph into that ruthless and i don't the means the end justifies the means yeah attitude and the isb they are Ooh. What? They're just terrible. Yeah. yeah. Awful. Like the worst of the people that we've we've met a lot of terrible people in the course of the Empire and the ISB is some of the worst I've seen. Yeah. There's also the fact that they can make us almost empathize in some respects with Deidre because the beginning was just okay, she's trying to track down these missing parts, she's doing her job. She's a woman in a male-dominated area. We've all had that meeting. Yep. Oh, yeah. And then you realize what she's willing to do, and you're like, oh, even if she's a woman, she's not on our side. She's no. on the side of oppression. Yeah, yeah and the writers and the actresses both talked about that was their intent, too. So I've seen a lot of people on Twitter being like, why do you guys root for a fascist? And I'm like, that was the intent. For us to understand what she's going through and to sympathize in a regard in a way to at least understand her motivations. I agree. So there, there's a difference between liking a well-written character and agreeing with their actions. Yeah, it's like, Deidre it, it reminds me of Ray Sloan yeah. the Aftermath series. That you mm -hmm. see that, hey, she was torturing Wedge and Tillis. Yeah, because she thought it was the right thing to do. Let's talk about someone who's just completely wrong. <laughs> Poor baby. Oh, ah, cereal with the cereal. With his cereal and his toxic mother and his toxic masculinity too. This, yeah. this was why last week when we were talking about Taylor Swift songs and or characters, I was like, no, 
he's a mastermind because homie went and stalked her and figure out her path to work so he can make sure their paths intersected so he could be okay, like this I is not it, what taylor I did with no but i'm just saying not a mastermind character i mean he could go he's not a bejeweled character no he's bejeweled because he's all dressed up and tailored he's like ready to go out here trying to mastermind his way into getting what he wants okay mastermind he's just every like i don't know i feel like they're straight up setting him up to be and i felt this like the last couple of weeks i feel like they're setting him up to be straight white man white like lone wolf type behaviors like it's very much from the toxic mother home environment having to go home yeah. getting that like that it the as like a sense of agency is lost and the fact that mm-hmm. nobody believes him and is making him like feel crazy for caring so much about the situation that happened like it's pushing him in the direction of yeah. <laughs> yeah. It kind of when it's a Simpsons reference, but it reminded me of Ralph Gorgory and Lisa Simpson. That, so that this is kind of attitude. This is how real it got was like, yeah, okay, Deidre just like tortured Bix, straight up fascist, we know. But her reaction to what Cyril did made me for a second empathize with her. Because if you've ever been stalked, or just harassed by a man, someone getting into your space, touching you, going to your work. Yeah. It's a very real reaction. And it just. And this is the thing, because I saw a a comment like the typical, oh, I was just being nice. But in this case, she was not even being nice. She was like, okay, we get your promotions because to stop you from keeping looking for tracking Andor, casting Andor, but he interprets that behavior from her like, oh yeah. I think the thing that's so interesting is within this idea of us empathizing and sympathizing with a character like Deidre is that it, it does highlight that the people on the opposite side deal with the same things that we deal with in a way that I think that like the divisiveness of social media has, I think, blinded a lot of people on both sides. That yeah. like everybody deals with the same things. Everybody deals with stalkers. Like everybody deals with like, all these situations. And it's interesting how they package that, and is making people see that like in a different way, in a way that we haven't really seen in Star Wars before, because Star Wars has been very black and white, and not so much the yeah. shades of gray and the shades of like showing that these aren't cartoonish villains these are the people you stand next to at the grocery store i think speaking of cartoons animation i just binged all of clone wars again and they did try with the separatists as much as they could in a kid's show being like here are some senators and why they believe this and showing that they're not just like all droids and we do see like in rebels like the callus changing sides but it's only after he changes sides or he sees a different view but the fact that, like, Deidre, she just tortured someone, is a high-ranking Imperial, she is still unnerved by that encounter. It doesn't matter how confident you are, how much money you have, whatever, things like that can really shake you. But you make a very good point, and that goes back to what Maggie just says, that sometimes we say, oh, just because Deidre did something terrible to Biggs, 
and we know Vix is the hero, the good guys, the good ones. Is like, is that justified that somebody, a guy is stalking her? No, but it's like she said, hey, both sides, we had people that deals with the same things, like mundane things. It's like even when people are being awful people on whatever side, and but it's still not okay to attack them for being disabled being homosexual, being transgender, all of that stuff. It's still, you have to, there's a level of basic humanity and it's still not okay to stalk her even though she's a terrible person. Although the only thing I will ever say in Cyril's defense, weren't we all a little obsessed with Cassie and Andor the first time we saw him? Because like, same. I saw someone tweet, be like, wouldn't it be awesome, like funny if Cyril, like his whole thing is like, I'm after Andor, blah, 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 blah. He never does a thing to Cassian. Cassian doesn't even know his name by the end of it. This is not Les Mis. This is not Valjean and Javert. Cassian is going about his life with no idea that this man is following him. He's yeah. not even following He's him. Not even following exactly. Him. But at some point, I, and I made this that comparison, Javert and Jean Valjean, not because they're just because Cyril is obsessed with Cassian Andor, like Javert is with Jean Valjean. But I agree, it's that behavior that, hey, I see this meme on media, social media of Cyril, like, one die in uh, Avengers Endgame, like, you you ruined my life, and I don't know who you are, like Thanos, put in the face yeah. of Cassian Andor or something like that. So, Because, yeah, he doesn't even know his name. He doesn't even know his, his name, Cyril Khan, so... Yeah, he wouldn't be able to pick him out of a street while Cyril's probably, that's what's in his box. What do we think's in Cyril's box that his mom touched? It's a picture of Cassian. There might be hearts drawn on it. <laughs> oh my god. I think it's his Jedi action figures that he didn't throw away uh, after yeah. Order 66. Anakin and Obi-Wan. I don't know. I'm wondering if it's like any note, like did he try and keep I know, like, in, in Star Wars, there's not a lot of written notes. It's all on tablets. But did he keep notes from the incident on... On Ferex. Ferex. Or did he... Has he been writing about what he thinks? Stuff like that. Because he's calligraphy. Serial and or. <laughs> he just hearts it right now. He has his calligraphy set. Yeah. So <laughs> there is a scene where Deidre... Talks about how the Imperials have apprehended a rebel pilot who's using the Imperial masking unit and they're being detained and they're going to interrogate him. And they just like make a plan that they're going to like make it look like there was an accident. What do we think of the scene? Like, what does this mean? How? Well, wasn't the Craig, what was the name, Craiger, one of the characters that Luthen and Saul Guerrero mentioned? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Episode? Craiger. Yeah, Craiger. Yeah. It's interesting how, yeah. but at the same time, from the previous episode, we saw that we have all these rebel cells, these rebel groups, but they are not organized. And they're even against each other, like, nah, they are separatists and whatnot. Interesting. See, what is, what kind of repercussion that's going to have in the rest of the rebel groups. Yeah. Hey, so I guess we get to Mon Mothma and her cousin? Vale? Vale, oh. Now I know why last week I was like, 
not there. Ah. Uh. Yeah, because so, so there was theory that Deidre was her sister or, like, there was some connection yeah. to her veil and Coruscant after finding out she's a rich girl who's running away from her family. And it was in the trailer. It was in the original trailer. That moment in the hallway where they're talking to each other is in the original Whoa. trailer. There's right so much stuff the in the original trailer. There's so much stuff. But, uh, and like Geeky Waffle account posted, you guys posted that, yeah, then we know the three people that knew about Mon Mothma's true intentions. True intentions. But, hey, this is my theory. I think since we haven't had yet, the, at this point in time, we haven't had Rebels season one finale where Ezra sends his message across the galaxy and then they found out okay there are more they see Bale and they found out about Ahsoka I think at this point Mon Mothma is doing her stuff with Luthen and whatnot, and Bale is doing her, his stuff with Fulcrum and such so they still are disconnected so that's my theory and then it's a Spider-Man meeting each other and like you too? Yeah. I think? yes yeah because yeah, we don't know. We don't know where they are because a lot of people who oppose the Empire after Order 66, they were either executed or they got scared off. Yeah, and make, it, make, it makes sense because if we tie it to Obi-Wan Kenobi, we saw that five, four years ago, they keep, Gurs Bale is going to try to keep as much as unknown what he's doing to rebel yeah. the Empire. And we know that the Death Star defeat is the first big thing really big thing the rebels do that is their first like hurrah the ghost crew and the others have done little things here and there it makes sense because we're like five years out from that from rogue one and a new hope yeah it makes a lot of sense that people is trying to keep mom about what they're Mm -hmm. doing because they don't know who draws yeah. Mon Mothma can't even relax at home. <gasps> I know. I go, oh, Kieran pissed me back off. Of husband. Yeah. Kieran's like, oh, you're going to get a husband? Is like something a conversation any queer person has ever heard. Yeah. Like you're already past your prime or something like that. It's like, dude. Well, you can only get a widow, he said. All Widower. the good ones are taking. Yeah. You. No, she has a super hot girlfriend a couple planets away. Calm down. And just the face like Mon made after that, like the look he she gave her, like I'm glad Vale like has someone she can talk to. About like everything, they seem very close. Yeah. Now I'm worried at the point where they're like, "Oh, I mean, we get married really young on Chandrilla." I'm like, I'm worried for Mon Mothma's daughter at this point. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Maggie can't say anything. I know. But I just love how Vale, like, yeah, she comes in for, to like. To her little cousin and like here's a present and it's just like <gasps> such like the cool aunt coming in and being yeah. like i don't have kids so i can like spoil you with gifts please know that this is my mode at every family gathering i'm the cool queer aunt that rolls in and rolls out <laughs> yeah exactly you just you come in you do like you make it memorable and then you're like peace out peace out and if you can get out before they try and find you a husband, it's better. But you can't <laughs> always do that. Sometimes that happens before the dessert layer. We didn't get any Luthen in this episode, right? No. No. Mm. We, we, oh, uh, it was just mentioned. Yeah. Like, what do you yeah. think he's doing? 
practicing a smile in the mirror. (laughs) Getting a new wig. My friends that I play trivia with mentioning the Skarsgårds last night. They were going through who each one was. They're like, no, yes, Stella Skarsgård from Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. He was in Mamma Mia. He was in Pirates of the Caribbean. And I'm like, he's in Star Wars. And they're like, yes. He's in Marvel. We know. Oh, yeah, they did mention that. too. I don't watch Marvel movies, really. So I know I'm the worst. Don't mind me. I seriously cannot praise enough how well coordinated this sweet movie from Narkina 5 to Karasan to Ferex to the ISV. It was wonderful. Yeah, it all flows very well. It's all very natural. And you keep it in the same tense state because, okay, of course, we cannot say, oh, in the Narkina 5 situation, of course, is is tense and struggling. But at the same time, Mon Mothma, how she's struggling with a I've been doing some stuff and I want to cover it as much as possible. And then she has, you, you saw with Ty Colma that, hey, I have this dog, this guy who can help you solve your problem. Like, he's a thug. So you see how every character is facing a different type of battle. She doesn't want to corrupt herself or become friends with the crime lord or whatever he is mm-hmm. but at the same time i feel like she's getting very desperate yeah and this is the problem with crime lords because as we know from different media the empire is being cozy with the crime lords we saw yeah. the in solo like imperials hanging around with dryden bows like so these guys can just sell you to the empire yeah they, they bribe a few people they yeah. don't care I don't care. But yeah, definitely looking forward to see what... Let me see here. Just want to make sure. I just can't. I need to know that Marva's going to be okay because I'm really worried. Yeah, that like Deidre's like, we can't like torture her. She's too old, but we need her alive. I know. Like Deidre... So dark. And and then, I mean, that scene when she leaves very after torturing Biggs and tells this, I don't know the name of the officer, but this guy who played Rhaegar Targaryen, like he was like, oh, and I'm gonna hang pack to make it set an example. It's like, dude, oh my god! But then she mentions Marva. It's like, yeah, it's just she's trying to use her as a bait, bait, yeah, for and they have to keep Bix alive because Bix is the only one who can identify Axis, aka Luthen. Yeah, yeah. And so. they're doing all of this to try and be like, okay, we're going to keep an eye out for Cassie and Andor. If he comes anywhere close to here, we're going to be able to catch him. They don't realize he can't be caught by the trap. He's already in prison. He's already. You <laughs> know, that's so funny. He's already in your midst. And, and that like- tells you the incompetence of the Empire. Because you have the guy. You should have. This makes me think that their security is crap at this point. Because if we think of the Mandalorian, when they went to the to oh, this episode uh, the before break? the rescue, no, when they took uh, oh, I oh, blanked when on they the went name. into the facility when he had to then take he his helmet had off. to take his helmet <laughs> off to re- because all the other guys know my face is re- quite recognizable. Like, hey, they could have scanned Cassian's face. Like, Keith, you're going. Oh, wait, we have this guy. At this, maybe at this point, the if, technology is not. If they not- can clone people, they have DNA. <laughs> They yeah, they the don't technology. have basic DNA like we do. They have the know. technology. Or facial scan, but no, they or don't. Or that just goes with the Imperials, like, always, like, cutting corners and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Like and the handrails. 
Oh, yeah. No handrails. Yeah, OSHA no violations are everywhere. And just, I think a lot of people just don't care. They're not passionate about their jobs. They're just, they're clocking in and out, these Imperials. You know? They just need to meet their quotas. Yeah. Someone like, who used to work in government. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> how government works. Yeah. yeah, they're probably underpaid. They probably don't have insurance. They probably get no benefits. The Empire has to provide health insurance because something has to convince you to wear those uniforms. And those really cool shoes. Oh, yeah. The hats, I those admit. The hats are pretty sharp. But yeah. But yeah, it's, a, it's interesting that they are so incompetent that they have Cassian Andor in their grasp and they haven't realized it. <laughs> We know they have chain codes. That's what we see at the beginning of Bad Batch is like everyone has a chain code, like a social security. So it's what is Cassian using? Like how did, is it e that easy to fake a chain code? That they abandoned that as the years went on. That's true mm -hmm. too. Yeah. They're like, nobody's listening to us. What a lesson. <laughs> not working. They thought that they eliminated all of the Jedi and clones that would be messing with them. And they're like, nope, now we just throw everybody in prison. We don't care if we have the right person or person of their own name. We just, if people give us trouble, we lock them up forever. That's so incredible, buddy. It is what it is. But yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to see how this art has a conclusion next. This is the first one because it's always been like the three episode arcs. And this one's going longer in like the second half of the... Yeah, I think we mentioned or I heard somewhere that... The episode when he gets gets caught, it was between Aldani and Arkina Five was like a bridge, but I, I might have been. I mean, I mean. It makes sense, but yeah, I was just expecting like the prison series to end, and then instead they just ratcheted up the tension, and I'm like, cool, blood pressure really high. Six Wednesday morning. <laughs> yeah, I need to like relax, get a tea, something. Had to go to work and you're just like somebody's like what ha what do you know what how was your morning and i'm like space lesbians <laughs> i'm worried about veil now because yeah. we do not see her and she's very close to mon especially and... when i think i don't know uh, I, I saw on social media that somebody mentioned that it was like don't get too attached to any characters i except <laughs> I went into the series and I'm like, you can't get attached to anyone. You know what they did to you in Rogue One. You know they're going to hurt you yeah. again. And then I got attached and they're going to hurt me again. No. Anything else anyone else would like to add? I'm sorry, Maggie. You can't do the speculation part. No, I'm <laughs> like, I must be mum's the word here. Well, I just have to say from this episode that you guys should go and read Maggie's review. Because she included some references to Taylor Swift Midnight. <laughs> it's true. I or did. She did. Like or she icing did. up the cake. So yeah, guys, go I, and read. I have fun. Expect that being on Star Wars Twitter a month that I had to start listening to Taylor Swift because I'm not a Taylor Swift person, but I'm like to understand half of what's going on around me. I either need to be listening to Taylor Swift or reading some really like the really deep <laughs> incarceration theories and i'm like yes it's time for you to start reading mikhail Foucault. It's, there's a lot guys there's a there's lot, a lot yeah. i've just been reading fairy tale adaptations don't give me homework nice
Okay, Maggie, where can people find you? Mine. Now you can find me on Twitter at oh, Maggie of the Town. When this comes out next week, it'll be after the changes on Twitter, so who knows what Monday will bring. But you can find me on Twitter. If not, you can find me on Instagram at the Maggie Love It and on my newly relaunched Tumblr, Maggie Actually Loves It. Norhal, where can people find you online? For- you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr at Norhal. I also YouTube my channel, Nor-Hal. And yeah, and on Twitter, I have my link tree with different websites as well. Okay, and Rachel? You can find me on Twitter. I'm going down with the ship, apparently, yes. because I like mess too much not to. I'm on Twitter at Built on Stardust. I'm on Instagram at Stardust Rebel. And again, I just got on Tumblr as Rebellion Stardust. There is a theme here. I yeah. see. Rebel Captain. Yes. Yeah. You can find me on Twitter for now. Candace is a geek. You can find this network at thegeekywaffle.com. Geeky underscore waffle on Twitter for now. The Geeky Waffle everywhere else, including Tumblr, which we will be bringing that back in full force very soon. And yeah, there's no more than 12 waffles. <laughs> That's never wondered for a